Throughout our life, we make all kinds of connections. From our neighbors to our co-workers, from family members to people we interact with in business every day. What about the connections we make to ourself? Today, we'll explore the connections that we make and how they define our lives. This is Things Worth Considering with host Gord Riddell. It's time to listen and learn. Hi, this is Gord Riddell and welcome to Things Worth Considering. Um, I am here with our brand new co-host. I'm very pleased to say that uh, Alexia Georgiousis is going to be our co-host. Also, uh, we have signed on, which I'm very pleased, uh, for a second year, which we are now beginning uh, with Voice America, uh, which is is wonderful. So, Alexia, thank you for taking on the job of co-host. Thank you, Gord. It's such a pleasure. It's such a privilege. It's fantastic. Oh, oh. Oh, say more. Uh, you know, it really, it really is a pleasure. You've been on for the last few shows, and it's really been fun working yeah. with you. Thank uh, you. you too. And, and the other thing I, I will announce, but we're going to keep announcing it, is that we're going to go live in May. Um, so, which means we'll uh, uh, at, uh, on Thursdays at 8 p.m. Eastern time and 5 p.m. on the Pacific time, we will be live to air, which means you can phone us, call us, and talk to us. And we're looking uh, very forward and very excited to, to do that and, of course, bring guests on as well. That'll so, be fantastic. It's great. That's going to be really fun. That's going to be really fun. So this is, um, you know, uh, still ongoing saga. It's, we're, we're just all so entrenched in with the COVID-19. Um, it's, it's become our life, I'm afraid, uh, in a lot of ways. And that's okay. Uh, I think that we all needed, you know, we were, we were getting too complacent, I thought. Um, I'm joking. I am so joking. Uh, we no, are- I, I actually, actually, Gord, I think that that's very a very astute point because I think complacency around what matters, what's important to us, yeah. what we value, how we treat each other, how we treat, treat the planet, and we have become complacent. We didn't just become complacent. We became rude. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, there was just such a movement towards, well, what about me? What's in this for me? Yes. Um, that, you know, uh, entitlement only went so far. Mm-hmm. And then suddenly we found out who's really in charge. And then it's not us, it appears. <laughs> it's not us. <laughs> it's not us. It's not us, you know. Um, there's lots of fear going on. There's a lot of grief. And people are, are really bringing that into their bodies they're not knowing it, though. They're not aware that there is this, this underlying this current of, of energy flowing through, uh, you know, the society, through the world right now. And, and we're reacting to it because we don't know what we're reacting to. And so people are getting pretty edgy. Uh, you know, some people are kind of going with the flow. But, you know, if you push them just one step too far, they're not with any flow at all. They're going to just explode. And it's, it's, that, it's that unsettled uh, feeling that I think, you know, we want to address a little bit uh, um, later on. But, you know, there's, there's something that's actually more, of more concern to me, and, and that is, is that I'm seeing the development of another stigmatized illness. Yes. And, yes. you know, I, I lived through probably the worst one. Well, I'm still living with it. We all are, with his, which is HIV AIDS, mm-hmm. horribly stigmatized. Mm-hmm. Um, and... And, you know, I don't know if you remember back years ago, um, if someone had cancer, like say Mrs. Brown down the street developed 
a cancer of some sort. And, you know, when you were told about it, people whispered, Mrs. Yes. Brown, she has cancer. Yes. And we whispered it as though somehow it was contagious. Right. Uh, contagious and also almost almost a bit of, um, there's a tinge of, of well, there's, there's a lot of judgment, but it's like a judgment and, and almost a bit of shame, right? It's like, oh, oh you know, what did they do? What did they do to create that or cause that? Exactly. And, and I think a that's, bad person. yeah, something. Oh, yes. you know, oh. And, and I think that this is what you're, what you're addressing now is absolutely this is percolating, I think, without people really being aware of it. I mean, we know that a lot of the, um, the uh, cases and also people with comorbidities and a population of minorities that are, are affected over, you know, Caucasians. And, and that's exposure risk. It also brings the, the unveiling of the discrepancy between incomes and the positions of caregivers that are typically going in as personal care assistants to hospitals and other institutions where they, yep. they're going to be more exposed. And, and, and that's a, exactly what's, what's happening out there. And, uh, and I, I really don't think that we're aware that we are developing this underlying, you know, uh, uh, stigma, stigmatization or another ism, you know, yeah. To me, to me, there is no difference between racism or ageism or, if there's no such a word, diseasism. Um, you know, it's a good word. I like it. That's a good word. There is certainly no compassion there. Yeah. There, you know, it's, it's a fear response. It's a, you know, let me not be around. Let me not get infected. Let me, right. you know, all those kinds of things. Um, you know, in the, in the uh, uh, days of HIV, when it, when it started out, of course, you know, President Reagan never would talk about it. It wasn't until the very end of eight years that he even said the word AIDS. And by that point, we're talking about 1988, we were well, well into, uh, uh, you know, sort of that epidemic that was, would eventually become a pandemic as well. Really? I didn't know that. He would not, he would not even acknowledge it. And it's because in North America, um, and this ties into what you said about, you know, uh, marginalized individuals and minorities and, 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 and people of color and so on, uh, is, is that uh, it was people who were gay. Mm-hmm. And so in, yes. in North America only, though, it was referred to as sort of a gay disease. Yes, yes, I remember that. Yeah. And of course, if you put, you know, the, the judgment around people who are gay and the people who have the disease, then you've got a double stigma you know, yes. sort of taking place there. And, and you know, religion d- continues to run with it. Um, but, you know, it was, it was in 1996 when they finally came out with, with the, uh, the cocktail. And they found that, you know, by the combination of certain drugs, they were able to bring it under control. Right. It is now today, and I don't think people even realize this, it is now today that if an individual has reached the, the uh, level of undetectable, has been six months on their medication, religiously um, or faithfully or one of those things, uh, right. their, their compliance was 100%. Uh, they will, are not able to transmit the virus. They cannot infect anybody any longer. I mean... I don't think people are aware of that at all. I don't think at all. No, no. All. There's, there's, a whole, you know, there's a whole phraseology, a language that emerged. And, and so people... Who, who had never been infected will, when you see advertising and, and so on, will refer to themselves as being clean. Mm. Would you take a shower today? Well, and the, yeah, I mean, using that kind of language, those, those words, yes. it, just, it just, you know, feeds that sense of, 
there's something wrong, shame on you, you know, you're dirty. You're dirty, exactly. If I'm clean, then therefore you must be dirty. Yeah. You know, and that horrible, horrible, you know, and this is, this is, so my experience was being, you know, uh, uh, people being stigmatized and diseases being stigmatized, you know, is really the language that takes place in the shame that just drips out around that stuff, you know, it's just yeah. horrible. So when you look at AIDS today, so not only uh, are we seeing that when it certainly is not a gay disease, uh, it is still to this day, unfortunately, biggest in Africa, most undertreated. Uh, and we're talking about, you know, people of color, um, mm-hmm. mainly. So, yeah. Uh, and heterosexual, heteronormative. Right. Right. So, you know, what is this gay thing going? You know, I just find that it becomes something that once it's entrenched, it's very, very hard to change. That's a a really good point. I think that that's very key around awareness and recognizing, you know, what, what we are believing and then staying stuck in this rather than continuing to be educated continuing to be informed and look at the facts and look at, Oh, look, when this first started, it was this. And now look at the advances and where it's at. But I I agree with you that when once, once generally speaking, people have a fixed idea of something saying that I know what this is, I can define it. And therefore that's it. End of story. There's no room for negotiation. There's no room for shifting my belief And that's a problem, which is why I think this whole experience with COVID, going back to your point about this this sort of percolating potential of a stigma happening, is is something we have to be very aware of. Right. And and hopefully again it goes into the us. This is hopefully waking us up to to have a better sense of expansion and again you know being belonging together rather than separation because a stigma creates that idea of separateness Absolutely. you know saying that oh you know you're on your own and and i have to hide because i do think a lot of people don't share sometimes about their their illnesses and i know we're going to talk later on about how mental health is stigmatized yes and and the fear of sharing you know Mm -hmm. being able to say because it's a fear it's just like when you know i know in terms of people with um herpes simplex virus sure if you stay on the antiviral medications there's a much less likely chance of you know, contracting or also, uh, you know, sharing the virus. But again, it's not necessarily guaranteed, but people don't want to disclose that, right? They don't well, want no. to say, oh, yeah, I, I do carry the virus, right? Exactly. It's like walking into a room full of people and saying, hey, I'm here, hit me. <laughs> <laughs> and, and people start throwing things. I mean, it right. really, right. It's, it would, why would they? It's such a setup. Right. It's such a setup. And, yeah. you know, some people who come across as being incredibly, caring and so on, given certain kinds of information, stop being very caring and yes. become very, very judgmental. Very. Know? So mental health, you just brought it up. Uh, that's our other really big one uh, in terms of, you know, stigmatizing. Um, and there's been such a campaign towards an acceptance that, you know, the uh, Cam H here in, in Ontario, uh, well, across Canada, actually, it, it, you know, is, is that mental health is health. Like, our health is, has been always, you know, just defined as just simply our body. Like I'm healthy if I'm, you know, if I don't have any disease process going on. But then it's not what wellness defines that as. You know, that it's not the absence of disease that makes us well. 
Correct. Yes. You know, that's Absolutely. one aspect of a whole bunch of stuff. It's, You're it's the one naturopathic aspect. doctor. You talk about this stuff. That's I just well. Off. I did. <laughs> <laughs> you. I was allowing you because it was so perfect what you were saying. So so yes. The the thing is, we you know the the conventional model com- compartmentalizes and separates all parts of us. Yes. So it's not holistic. It's basically the mental is one. The emotional is another, the physical is another, the spiritual is another. If in naturopathic medicine, the model is that the spirituality or consciousness holds is the container for the mental, emotional, and the physical. But they are interconnected all the time. And for me, the, the biggest thing that I'm seeing here is this aspect when people identify it's my mental health. It it's it's not separate or isolated from the rest of us. It, it, you know, it's the idea of thoughts, right? It's the idea of thought process, but the emotions that has, that's the feeling part. And then you have the physical. And of course, it's, it's all going to run together through the body and through the sense of, of, of experience of consciousness. Right. So, you know, we can look at this as it's important to identify what are you feeling and what are you thinking? And, and we'll talk about this later on around what we can do to help ourselves and each other during this time. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, we can't, you know, be physically ill without it affecting our, our mental acuity, our emotional awareness, and our spiritual, I think. You know, yeah. all of us is, is, is one, you know, one, one grouping, but see, then that takes to the next piece, and that is that all of us are also one uh, in consciousness. Yes, yes. As a planet, you know, yes. and we've yes. compartmentalized it, haven't we? You got we, this color, absolutely you got have. language, and you got this country, and you got this socioeconomic group, and everybody's you know so so broken down into labels that we have to see that, and I think that's what something as simple as a little virus is doing is just saying, really, watch how I can pull you guys together. Exactly, exactly. And that's kind of what it's doing, you know. But yeah. you make a really good point that once we we judge a group for whatever that might be, mental health or their sexual preference or, um, or their gender, we, we marginalize people. And once any group has been marginalized, they will always have a much more difficult time financially uh, being part of the society. You know, women, look at mm-hmm. gender. I can say that women are still earning less than men. Yep. For what reason other yeah. than there are men that are still at the driver's seat? Kick them off. Right. Um, they're, not doing, they're not doing us any favors here. Uh, so just, you know, when we look at that of living on the edge of, and being marginalized in a society that is, is crucial for us to be a member of, our survival, you know, as a group, it really demands us to, be, uh, to be, have everyone in there and being part of that. Yes, it, it demands that. And it also demands or asks or invites us to, to really recognize you know, going back to what you've said in an earlier episode of who we really are without these labels, who is, who is identifying or defining who we are. And mm. of course, it's not easy when you, when you felt discriminated against, or, you know, it could be bullied, it could be the marginalization on so many levels, that how do you fit in? Where do you fit in? And I think that part of COVID is directing us back to connect to the earth in a way that many people have never done before. Absolutely. And, and it is, it, that is allowing us to realize that we absolutely belong to the earth and we're part of the earth. Yes. 
Yes. And hopefully that she, as, as that poem I read, I think last week it was about, you know, we're her guests, yeah. but we tried to be her masters. You know? yeah. So yeah, um, we're, we're uh, being uh, notified here uh, by our standing crew of engineers that we have to take a break. So uh, this is Things Worth Considering, and we will be back on the other side of these commercial breaks. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Imagine a place where ancient wisdom and modern research combine to create a non-judgmental, dynamic educational environment. We believe learning is much more than just theories. It is the application of those theories that anchor your learning deep inside yourself. Our physical, emotional, intellectual, and spiritual selves are embraced and nurtured, learning how to create an internal balance. This is Transformational Arts College of Spiritual and Holistic Training. Since 1988, we continue our mission of spiritually focused education for all who seek. We offer integrative personal development and professional training in spiritual psychotherapy, holistic health care, spiritual director, coaching, and esoteric studies. We are located in Lawrence Park in Toronto on Young Street, north of Lawrence Avenue. It's easy to get to and harder to leave. Visit our website at transformationalarts.com or inquire at TAC at transformationalarts.com or call us toll free at 1-888-TAC-SELF. Transformational Arts, bringing body, mind, and spirit together. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. You are listening to Things Worth Considering with Gord Riddell. We'd love to hear from you via email to info at spiritgrows.ca. That's info at spiritgrows.ca. Now, back to Things Worth Considering. Hi, welcome back. This is uh, Gord Riddell, and I'm here with Alexia, our co-host. And we are talking about, uh, for right now, we will change eventually, COVID-19 and its effect. And it's just so multi, multifaceted, all the areas that uh, you know, sort of come to light. I read on the weekend this, this really fascinating reversal. So where we've been talking about in the, in the previous section about uh, you know, people who have been affected being stigmatized, what if it was the reverse so that as a, a large section of the population becomes uh, would I mean, it's a very aggressive virus. I mean, it's, it's ability yeah. to trans uh, uh, transmute itself to a, to or tr- translate to another person is huge um, yeah. because of, even before symptoms, that's very scary. So in this instance where a lot of the people have, have become infected and have recovered uh, what happens then to them that they're actually going to then go, nothing to fear. They're going to go out and start up the economy. They're going to start running everything. This is out of a horror movie to me. I'm sure I have seen this movie somewhere. And, and the people who are healthy, we are the people that would be stigmatized and put away because our big thing is not to get infected. Right, right. You know, yeah, that is a horror movie. It's kind of like, right like there. Village of the Crazy People or Village of the, uh, the, the, the Dead or something. I don't know. Yes. It's, it's, I can't pull out the, the file on that one in my brain, but 
yeah, imagine that. So, so that now those that are positive would now be the people in charge and the people who are negative would be the people who are actually going to be stigmatized because they really can't work. There are new disabled people. Mm-hmm. That's a very interesting point. And to protect them, they have right. to, be, you know, so they're disabled. So, so government disability stuff would go to them and not people who are positive. I mean, this is the exact opposite of anything, whether, it, you know, whether it's it hepatitis is, C or, or HIV. Well, it's the exact opposite, but it's actually kind of interesting as well because, you know, what just came to my mind was this idea of, you know, healthcare is meant to keep people healthy. It is not to keep them sick, right? It's not no, sick exactly. care. And so the idea, the, yeah, and sick care is rampant, right? It's like, you yeah. know, just keep feeding the sick care and, and create dependency and create, you know, people that, that don't take responsibility for their well-being and, and you know, need the help and supports, right? Yeah. So it's, it's not to dismiss anyone who's suffering by any means. It's just the idea of the system. But going back to your point around if there's this flip that happens, a reversal, where suddenly it's like, oh, there's these healthy people who somehow need to be uh, separated or segregated away from people that have been infected or, you know, and, and they're the ones that can, that can thrive. It's, it's actually, it is a horror movie. It is. And, 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 and hopefully it won't happen because I think I do believe in humanity. I do believe that what we have failed, what we are not failed, what we need to ask of ourselves is really getting into a sense of trusting that as a human being, our physical body has the awareness, it has the wisdom that's there, as long as we're also providing it with the right supports. Right. That, you know, this is adaptation. This is absolutely meant to challenge us on every level, not just the physical body, which is why I think so many people are dealing with difficult emotions, including grief. And I don't think that, you know, the, the idea of grief, the irony that it's, it's uh, that the, this COVID-19 impacts the lungs and the lungs in Asian medicine are the organ of grief. That it, it's, it's really something to look at it saying, what are we grieving? You know, what are we oh, grieving so as a collective? Was our first, that was, SARS was our first, because that was a lung infection. It was. So that was our first, uh, uh, hello, wake up people. Yes. And we didn't. Nope. As I always say, you know, we get a little test, then we get a bigger test, then we get the big one, which is the whack to the back of the head with a two by four, by God. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it says, wake up yes. uh, and, and see, where, see where it is that we're going. You know? Yeah. And, and what do you think about this idea of, you know, this reversal, but also getting a sense of, okay, if people can see this, you know, it, how do we incorporate not just the, uh, the physical strengthening, but also our emotional and our mental and our spiritual capacity? Because I feel like this has been, you know, it's, it's, it's as if we're under a microscope and the, the power, the magnification has ramped up from 10 times to 200 times. Remember in school where you used to, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. turn those before the, elect, the electric um, microscopes, <laughs> but, but it was like the manual ones where you could switch the lenses. That's but right. the magnification is making us go deeper into ourselves and, again, seeing what's happening outside of ourselves. Right, right. Yeah, people aren't having fun. That's what, that's what all I can say is I know that people are having fun with this, but they are looking deeper. Um, and, you know, the classes that I've been involved with in teaching are, they're just different in terms of the level of questions that they're asking and, and their 
um, inclusion in a question. So it's not a question about what if I'm treating this person or I'm doing this with this person uh, or they're suffering from this. You know, they're now asking from their place, mm-hmm. you know, that I'm suffering from this place. So it stops being an academic, you know, an academic uh, uh, exercise. And it becomes one of really trying to figure out what's going on for ourselves. And I think that's beautiful because it means that we are turning and balancing ourselves by feeling and thinking and speaking and listening more with the heart. Yes. Instead of just the mind. I think it will make people much better practitioners. Much better practitioners, and hopefully for humanity, not just practitioners. But I'm. I hope that my hope is that this does turn into something that's new and better and improved. But we also have to have an awareness of how are we going to bring ourselves forward in this, and and take responsibility for our self care and reaching out to people who don't have support or community. Yes. And and yeah. an awareness of of noticing in ourselves when we get greedy or when we get, you know, um, sort of arrogant about the earth, you know, arrogant about the fact that we have clean water running in our taps here, oh. you know, virtually, right? That, with yes, the, you know, we have hot water and, and those little things. But, but, you know, the fact that it's going to make people be better practitioners is massive because I feel like it's almost preparing people who are in the healthcare industry and in service industries on this capacity that it, we have to work through our own stuff ultimately to be able to support people around us. Absolutely. Absolutely. We can't, uh, um, you know, an unwell practitioner continues to work with unwell client loads. One of the things I was taught very early on in my training is that you can only take a client as far as you yourself are willing to go. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's very true. I think that's very true. Uh, absolutely, absolutely. You know, if we're, if we're like dancing around here, we're not willing to sort of dive a little bit deeper, you know. But I think that it requires us to let go of the idea that we're in control. People, you are not in control. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, we, it's such an illusion, you know. And the other thing is, is how close-minded we are by pretending that we're in control. Mm. And it's going to be done our way and only our way. Yeah. I think we need to really, you know, take the blinders off and open that up. Open the mind up. It's like an umbrella. It only works when it's open, right? Otherwise, nice, nice metaphor. It yeah. around. That's called a cane. Right, um, right. A walking stick, right? Yeah. Uh, it's an old saying by my, my, a friend of mine. Uh, but I think that we, we can't be silent on behalf of part of the population that we maybe don't understand or we're not a part of. We've got to do a we thing, and that is, is that silence is no longer an option. Yeah, I think that's a very, a very important and powerful statement. And I think that, you know, part of what I've been feeling is a sense of, okay, how do, how do I share or how do I keep, you know, voicing this concern and helping, you know, not only express for myself, but, but this message that's going out around, we can't be silent. We have to be very mindful of, are we creating a stigma? Are we marginalizing? What future is, is, are we creating while we are experiencing this? Because we know that our thoughts will create our future. You know, our, our projections of fear, for example, or, you know, thinking that we have control. And also, I, I think part of it is, going back to the grief piece, is that realizing that the past of what we did experience is not going to be what we are going to experience. It's going to be different somehow. Yes. It has, abs- it has to be. It needs to yes. be. It needs, it needs, it needs to, to be. be. Absolutely. Absolutely. I don't want to go back. No, I don't either. No. 
No, no, I don't. I don't want to go back. I wouldn't mind going back to a part where I had maybe a couple of people helping me out and working for me. But um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but I mean, seriously, um, you know. So there's just some attitudes that just need to be left at the wayside, left on the curb, and just keep on walking. You know, right. because uh, they've heard us. I, I think our biggest attitude is, you know, uh, people don't really take care, caring for the earth seriously. You know, um, you know, I mean, I'm just as guilty as probably anybody else of dropping a wrapper here or there or whatever. But one of the things that just allows me to just be such a part of the earth is my my love of growing plants and mm-hmm. flowers and, you know, all of that kind of stuff. And I just, you know, get your fingers dirty, you know, kind of exactly. thing. And it just grounds you right into it. Uh, unfortunately, I can't really show it right now, but I have this amazing jasmine tree. A bush that is in my kitchen and window that has grown right up to the to the roof and it's in full bloom right now. Beautiful, and Beautiful. it's just hanging there. I don't even know how it's hanging off of my ceiling. Wow, it's probably drilled up into it or something. I'll find out eventually. <laughs> you will, uh, but I mean, it's just it's just such a joy. You know, this was this little thing a friend gave me, and unfortunately, his died. And mine just kept going up, and it's gone right up to the ceiling. You know, and uh, yeah, it's really quite phenomenal, and and that just gives me such a groundedness, and it just makes me appreciate being here on the planet because we're not here for a long time. We're not. Yeah. We're not, and and everything you're saying is is really leading towards, you know, our what we're going to be talking about more is around how people can care for themselves, and and using the kinesthetic connection to plants or the earth, and having an awareness of the senses. In terms of you know grounding and earthing and the force bathing, that's all to do with the basically the seven point eight hertz that comes out of the earth, and and knowing that our bodies are have a cellular memory to that, mm. and you know staying out of the story and the narrative and going back into the senses, this is something that I think is um, you know incredibly powerful, and anyone can do it. You don't have to necessarily even have access to the outdoors you can do it indoors with your plants yes yes you, absolutely. absolutely you know you can easily have that kind of relationship because it is pushing us to relate very differently not only to ourselves and to others but to the earth and all of the plant life we know we exchange our air with the trees you know what is it like to feel like a tree you know right. being able to one of my colleagues who does a lot of forest bathing which I've, I've never done this before, but she said in the spring, you can actually take a stethoscope and you can lit, put it against a tree and you can hear the sort sap. of the, the sap, the movement. The, the, and I think, oh my yeah, God, I was like, I need sense. to hear that. Yeah, yeah. Beautiful, yeah. right? Instead, and, what we do is we jam a nail into it and see if we can interfere with it and grab it. It's like yeah. jamming something into our, you know, I mean, people love maple syrup and that's great, but, you know, it always just seems so barbaric, you know. Why not put one in my arm and see if you can get some blood? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And this is and this goes back to like the you know really the lots of cultures, the indigenous, but also many many cultures over the world where there's a there's a, a gratitude for the gift that something is giving us. And I think a mm. lot of people are feeling grateful, but it, I think a big piece of what we need to do is be very intentional with how we do everything now around how we make our food, how we select our food, how we treat the earth, how we treat our plants, how we treat each other, because intention will create the experience and also energetically has a reciprocity, which I think is very valid, right? Yes. Yeah. Reciprocity. Yeah. There there really is that balance of give and take. We give to the earth, the earth gives back. 
Yes, and it goes back in, in Tonglen, the Buddhist practice of Tonglen, yes. where there is, you know, giving and taking, and also the transmutation that the earth can provide for us, that it's not about, you know, the ego self, it's really around realizing that we absolutely have this, we're tapped in, and and to me, it goes back to trusting we have this ability that we can absolutely do the right things so that we can not only survive this, but thrive through this experience. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, when you're talking about plants, you know, my, I've got a great balcony that I just fill with plants. They're all over the house in the wintertime, try to winter them through. And then of course go buy a whole bunch more. And I just absolutely fill it out there. Love and it. I just love sitting out there and I see people, you know, taking a look at it and, and, and so on. And when I have guests over, I can almost hear the plants going, what are they doing here? This is our place. Please ask them to leave. <laughs> I believe you. I believe you. I really like, do. You didn't say we had to put up with guests today. Um, <laughs> because they're just out there and they're blowing in the wind and, you know, off the lake and, you know, the whole thing. And it's just crazy, you know. But yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, it, it just gives me such pleasure, you know. And I, I wish other people could find a place of pleasure in those things that they yeah. did themselves, not hire somebody. Go out there and get your own fingers dirty. Very different. That's very true because doing this yourself allows you to have the experience of connection on a felt sense yes. rather than from the head. Yes. You know, you feel the earth. So and I think like when, you, dirt yeah, when you when you consciously <laughs> hold the earth in your hand, you know, one of the teachers that I've had is a woman named Joan Weir, who's a wonderful practitioner and a wise woman. And she's, very much uh, teaches a lot about, you know, holding a stone and having an awareness that this stone came from a mountain. Yes. This stone and having that, bringing bringing those metaphors and that imagery to our bodies allows cortisol to drop. It allows our cells again to feel like, oh, we're home. You know, we're we're connecting to what really matters. Well, this is why I love crystals. Yes, yes. You Same know. thing. Same yeah, thing. Yeah. Or diamonds and rubies and emeralds. I mean, I don't care, but <laughs> <laughs> but no, I have, I have tons of, of crystals and quartz and all that kind of stuff. And I just, I just find it magical to hold it. And some of them have these incredible, you know, vibrations. But it took a little while to, to get used to feeling those things, you know. It's like, yes. you're not going to get it right away. Just you're not going to get it right away. And, and that's why I think this time is beautiful time. It's a very healing time where we can see this as not, I need to do all of this and get my house in order and get all this stuff done. It's like, wait, you know, and just pause, slow down and see this as a very healing time. It's a very powerful time, in my opinion. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, there's no question about it. There's no question. Um, yeah, we're going to, um, you know, talk about how do we deal, though, with all living amongst all this fatigue and fear and panic in the middle of a crisis, you know? Uh, Harvard Business Review actually just issued a, a really interesting article, um, and we're going to talk about that uh, shortly. But it was from a collection of medical officers that came together giving such lines as exhausted, overwhelmed, and anxious, or I'm feeling fearful and fatigued and frustrated and dismayed, and the current workload is not sustainable. That's, that's our chief medical people in, yes. in, the, in, in America saying this. Yes. So I think it's something that we need to look at is how do we keep going. Uh, so we're up at the end of this uh, section and we're going to take a break here this is things worth considering and we will be back on the other side of these commercials
Voice America is on your favorite smart speaker. If you have Alexa or Google Home, go ahead and give us a try. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast on TuneIn. Imagine a place where ancient wisdom and modern research combine to create a non-judgmental, dynamic educational environment. We believe learning is much more than just theories. It is the application of those theories that anchor your learning deep inside yourself. Our physical, emotional, intellectual, and spiritual selves are embraced and nurtured, learning how to create an internal balance. This is Transformational Arts College of Spiritual and Holistic Training. Since 1988, we continue our mission of spiritually focused education for all who seek. We offer integrative personal development and professional training in spiritual psychotherapy, holistic health care, spiritual director, coaching, and esoteric studies. We are located in Lawrence Park in Toronto on Young Street, north of Lawrence Avenue. It's easy to get to and harder to leave. Visit our website at transformationalarts.com or inquire at TAC at transformationalarts.com or call us toll-free at 1-888-TAC-SELF. Transformational Arts, bringing body, mind, and spirit together. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to Things Worth Considering with Gord Riddell. We'd love to hear from you via email to info at spiritgrows.ca. That's info at spiritgrows.ca. Now, back to Things Worth Considering. Hi, welcome back. Um, uh, here at Things Worth Considering, and we are talking about some very important things that are worth considering in terms of what's going on out there in our world with uh, COVID-19 and how we're responding to that. Um, I had just said some, some statements before the, uh, the break there about uh, these, were, these are our medical officers that were brought together to talk. Uh, and uh, Harvard has picked up in their business ma- uh, review on uh, some of this stuff. You know, and the writer says something really, really important, and that is that we're dealing with two contagions here, two, all right? One is the virus itself, but the other one is the emotions that it's generating. That, in fact, you know, negative emotions are every bit as contagious as the virus is, and they're both toxic. Mm -hmm. Yes, well, that's a really good point. But first of all, you know, going back to the whole idea of the fatigue and the fear and the panic, you know, in terms of the the healthcare professionals, they were already dealing with burnout because burnout has been rampant in the healthcare industry for years and years and years. And it, it sort of goes back to the system that the system isn't working we're not giving people the right information as to how to take care of themselves, in my opinion, from a holistic standpoint, about mm-hmm. reaching out to the right, you know, the ways. And also trusting that what you were saying earlier around mental health is related to emotional health and physical health. Mm-hmm. The other part around the, the uh, sort of the sense of the other contagion around the emotions is that, remember, those emotions are, are energy in motion, Right. Yep, and, and we absolutely do not teach or learn how to work with these energy bundles so that they can move out of the system. And having that awareness of we don't store, there's a Taoist practice that's quite ancient from the 5th century. There's a guy named Mantak Chai that teaches this. And, and I use Say it Say that again really fast. 
Manta Chai. <laughs> okay. But, but it's, the, it's the concept where you can use sound and movement to move the emotional energy out of the organs. Hmm. And this practice is ancient. So it's something that, again, bringing back this awareness, this wisdom, I think is part of the bridge that needs to happen with, you know, conventional and modern day science and also bringing this, this sort of, uh, this, uh, not an anecdotal, but these ancient wise teachings that were used to balance the energetics and the spirituality. The, the, right. That's where we need to bridge because we cannot, again, approach this going forward with the same mentality in the conventional world, they have to change. They have to shift their awareness around. It's not only science. Exactly. You have to bring in more than just science. Yes. Yeah. Because we're not science. That's right. We might be measurable in some way, shape or form through various elements of science, but that's not what we are. Our spirit is nothing to do with science. In fact, it's laughing at it. That's right. <laughs> you know, it's, I mean, it's kind of like, are you kidding me? Uh, you know, to invalidate, you know, even to invalidate human energy fields or, uh, you know, energy work on people to say, oh, no, well, you know, if we can't measure it, if we can't see it, touch it, taste it, it doesn't exist. Well, you're in for a really big shock because it does. Shock. There, Maybe what you need to do is go and change how you measure these things. Right. 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 I think right. that we're stuck at what the, the, you know, sort of that scientific formula of how do we measure it to what degree right. is right. it's so subtle. You know? Well, yes. And I think that that's starting to change slowly, but it is going back to awareness and a willingness to see things differently. You yes. know, having curiosity. I'm always shocked when I hear about scientists who are so rigid in their thinking and, you know, especially around homeopathy, it's, it's quite remarkable how people just go no there's nothing there it doesn't work but they're a scientist and I'm like wait a minute quantum physicists I mean this is these are people who keep expanding their sense of possibility and and, you know the idea of understanding energy yes you know so so you know this concept of the medical professionals it's sad that they are suffering and it's also a real push to realize that and reveal that the system of their approach is not supportive of the practitioners Right. And it's not supportive of not just delivery of, of care, but f- to keep them sustainable. And I think that that's where the lesson of humility needs to be in place because there's a real arrogance sometimes that comes in terms of the scientific world, that this is all that matters and that's it. And that arrogance is so dangerous. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Unless, unless of course, you're, you're a quantum physicist, in which case you're the crazy person out in the field. <laughs> you know? Uh, yeah. But traditional science as we know it, you know, let's face it, science has done wonders for us. I mean, in terms of the longevity of our health, uh, you know, that... Definitely. That have, I mean, done amazing things. And, and thank God for our, our, especially our frontline workers right now. But at the same time, we, we lost a piece of our humanity once we invented the microscope. Yeah. And we started to see the virus and the bacteria. And, and so then we went to work and we found a way to treat it. Well, to a certain degree. Yes. And, and, and it changes. Yes. And, and you bring a good point. It's also, remember, it was the idea that germs are bad. You know, mm. these things are bad. Right? Go, that goes back to the stigma. Right, exactly. It's in a way we just immediately assume that these organisms are bad. And that's where we now know the research shows soil-based organisms, which is really the sort of the, the, the pre, pre um, 
I want to say predecessor, but it's not the right word I'm looking for. But, but before probiotics came along, there was a tremendous amount of research looking at gut flora and how they could help people who were suffering from diseases. Because mm -hmm. some of the gut flora that was found in people who were ill were shown to be quite toxic. But how could this be? This was the opening of the awareness of what's going on in the gut and the body in this huge universe of bacteria that are absolutely alive and they're doing their thing. And what is it that's influencing them? Right. So when we go to a stigma to say all bacteria are bad, all viruses are bad, all, and viruses are odd because they're kind of not alive. They're not, they're kind of dead. They're just they're these kind weird of dead, things. They have consciousness. They do, but they're, they're kind of, they're weird, right? Because you can't really kill it. The, the whole idea of, of, of any treatments is that you're basically getting rid of that layer so that the virus doesn't have a chance to stick into something, to stick right. and grow. Right. So, so it's like they don't fall into being alive, really. So they're very bizarre. They're very bizarre. Well, they're, they're like half people. <laughs> <laughs> They've only got one, 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 one half of the chromosomes. <laughs> they have to find something else to catch on to to get the other half out of it. it right, so exactly. Thieves as well. You know, <laughs> yeah, they're chromosomes. Right, um, right. But yeah, they're like, a, yeah, they're a half critter. They're half there. critter. And, and, and it's, you know, I, I don't, I'm still, you know, I think that, that, that this idea of stigma is very important because it is making us, again, look at, okay, how can we be curious? How can we be preventative and also working to support, but also maintain curiosity and possibility and right. inclusiveness where it's like, wait a minute, this is just because someone has, you know, COVID-19 or they have you know, HIV or whatever it is, or cancer, it doesn't mean they're out. Exactly. Exactly. You know, we don't have to have those things in order to understand what that person might be going through. We've all been through something similar in some way. It could have been measles, who knows, you know, but, but all I'm saying is, is that within our empathic coding, we have an opportunity to connect as opposed to disconnect. And we, all we've done is disconnect and marginalize. Yeah, very well said, Gord. Very well said. Yeah. It is it is around, you know, this is keep connecting. We have to keep connecting to each other. And it's uncomfortable. It is uncomfortable. You know, connecting to people, you know, makes people very uncomfortable, but that's our stuff. It's not about other people. We make it about other people. The ownership would be is I'm uncomfortable because I have trust issues, because I don't like having full responsibility for my own life. I don't like, you know, admitting that I offend people. I don't, you know, or whatever, you know, it is on and on and on, you know. Uh, yeah, it's taking that responsibility. Yeah, and, it, and it's very hard to, to realize that vulnerability is there. But I also feel that part of this is going back to bringing this sense of inclusion of the parts of ourselves. So we have the mental thought, we have the emotional feeling, we have the physical body. And how can we sort of experience this sense of being held by consciousness. And that to me comes through our senses. It's right. our awareness of energy, of our awareness of feeling sunlight on our skin or feeling that, wow, you know what? I can feel something when I touch the earth. If right. I bring my, my awareness to this area and, and that in itself, again, it touches on our empathic ability, but our, the reality that we are part of this world. We, we, we are part of this world. We have cellular memory. We have the vibrations within us are constantly active. 
Oh, absolutely. And you, we only have to be in touch with, with uh, various kinds of vibrations uh, on the planet. And, you know, a part of us just like, you know, drumming being one of the classic ones, you know, it just, those rhythms just immediately let something go, you know, or, you know, so, or uh, uh, even have, having somebody using things like tuning forks or crystal bowls or, you know, just the scale that's used in music. And then you get into the Tibetan singing bowls or the crystal bowls or, you know, and all of those things. And they're just I, like, we've got a set at the school of crystal bowls and I yeah, love they're, getting they're it. They're beautiful. Yeah, they're beautiful, and they're just like the sound. One of them was missing. One of them got broke, believe it or not. One of the oh. huge ones. They're worth about $1,000. Oh, uh, no. Yeah, the big, one of the biggest ones. Uh, but we still got the full, a full set there, and, and they're really awesome, you know, when that goes. Yeah. I've seen people get up and have to leave the room because it's vibrating. It, it's, it's hitting something that objects to it, you know. Right, so right. Probably if it if sat with it, they'd actually have a huge breakthrough. Right, right. Know? Uh, well, but it's, yeah, it's interesting. Yes, it is. And, it, and it, it goes back to, okay, what can we do? We don't have control, but we can absolutely work with what's happening inside of us using healing tools, healing sounds, because each individual is going to have a, a, a resonance. We have to determine, you know, this goes back to what uh, Joan Weir was, was telling me, was that basically it's what do you resonate with? You know, who do you, and, and having that sense of, of feeling it in the body, you know, conversation, you know, if you're watching a lot of news and getting fearful and feeling that constriction in the body, well, maybe you need to turn your television or the, or your, your um, channel, your laptop off, you know, something where you, you have an awareness of what resonates and what doesn't, because that requires us to take responsibility. Absolutely. Absolutely. But, but the responsibility is just to get up. Sometimes it's just turn it off. You know, yes. uh, rather than sitting there going, oh, my God, I'm just I'm just getting so tense listening to this. Then leave the room. Go outside. <laughs> oh, we're not allowed outside. No, we are here. Uh, but by yourself, <laughs> you know, uh, no being friends. Uh, but uh, I'm making fun of it. We, we have to keep your humor going. That's one of the most healing aspects. Of it, that, humor. You know, yes. Laughter. Humor. Laughter. It's funny. In some ways, it's very funny. You know? It is. It is. I, I, I get a big smile. Actually, um, you know, our 7.30 thing that I've talked about, when everyone comes out and bags pots, I, mean, I actually put my coat on at about 20 after uh, 7 yesterday and went outside. So yeah. I was walking on the streets, and I was looking up at the towers and looking at all the people that were out there and how they were, you know, smiling, and they were laughing, and they were making as much noise as they could, and they were so into it and so engaged in it, you know, and I was just like, this is so cool. It's so fantastic. And again, it goes back to the, the, you know, emotions are energy in motion. So release it through sound, through hitting something, through singing, through, you know, whatever it is, laughing. Putting your heart and soul into anything. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. That will, that will move the energy out of the body and it helps stop and interrupt. Even Eckhart Tolle talks about this around becoming more sensate. It interrupts the, the thread of thought. So the yep. thinking mind will be interrupted. And that is so powerful because, again, it just, it's simple. It's become aware of the physical body and our senses. You've talked about this before, Gord, around, you know, what two things do I see? What three, two things do I smell or three things? And Absolutely. those simple techniques require us to say, wait, I can do this because we need to believe it. Well, absolutely. I did, I did that with a class yesterday, actually. Um, and they were like, oh, we're really glad you did that. You know, not only did, you know, they talked about how they could use that with people and so on. But they, they were like, oh, well, I just feel like 
so much, so much more centered. It was after it was after lunch, and they're falling asleep. And I said, I know I'm boring, but you know, <laughs> and I could see them because we were, of course, we're we're electronic. We're on the line. Everybody's behind a computer monitor, and so it's kind of hard to hide when your head's about to bounce off the table you know and so very I did that hard. and they were just like there and they were present yeah. and calm and so I yeah. had very positive feedback around that. And, and that's fantastic because that shows the power that each of us have like it's not nobody's special everybody has this ability and this power to really the idea of connecting to the self that's what rejuvenates us Yes. That's what we're searching yes. for. It's like as soon as we keep connecting to ourselves, we, you know, and again, bringing intention because what you directed was also how to be intentional around your thought, being directive around thought, you know, yes. being be, that intention to me is what keeps missing is that people, you know, forget that sure, you know, going out in nature is great, but it's very important to be intentional of being able to commune or, or have that reciprocity with what's around you. Yeah, like going out for a walk and you're, you know, say, say oh, I'm and, and to cool off or whatever. And all you're doing is like grunting and groaning and, uh, and just having this huge narrative going on in your head that is, you know, angry and, and so on is, is totally counterproductive. Right. right. It's completely They're, counterproductive. Yeah. You know? Well, now that where there's an intention, if you said, I'm going for a walk because I'm going to release this anger, you know, back right. into the earth. I'm going to let this go back into the earth. Very powerful in many different cultures. You know, the Druids, that there's so many ideas where, you know, you can pick up a stone or you can create, you know, whatever you want with plants and give it back to the earth. That it's not for us to carry. Those emotions are our experience, but it's not for us to carry. No, exactly. Exactly. You know, um, but we do carry them around and we think that we're not or we think that they're not hurting us and they are just so hurting us. Um, because we just can't have that. Uh, um, we're not talented enough to do one thing and think another. Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> not yet. Not yet. <laughs> but you know what? We're going to come back. We're going to come back next week, and we're going to talk about what uh, uh, Harvard's talking about with the the medical officers, uh, because uh, you know they have they say some uh, pretty interesting things about how we're going to deal with this. And we can deal with it. We're, we're already telling you some great stuff already. Uh, so, you know, get your intention, get out there walking uh, and, and make sure that you're walking with the same intention as what you're saying it is. And that is to calm down and breathe, <laughs> breathe, breathe. Do not forget to breathe. I have clients, you know, 30 years later still coming back to me and saying, you know, I still hear your voice saying breathe mm -hmm. because people stop breathing all the time. The more tense yeah. we are, the more likely we are to stop breathing. Yeah. So, yes. So this is Alexia and yes. this is Gord, and we will be back here next week and keep breathing, stay cool, and stay safe, and wash your hands. And stay curious. Exactly, and stay curious, exactly. And uh, thanks for joining us, and we'll see you back here next week. Thank you for tuning in to Things Worth Considering. Please join your host, Gord Riddell, for another edition next Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time and 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. This week, think about the connections in your life and how they define who you are.